اوكي بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله تبرك الشيخ ما شاء الله في نايس نايس من ماليزيا ما شاء الله طبعا كيف حالك؟ كيف سعيد؟ غير موجود الحلقه مو يعني اللذه يعني اي بس بنشوفك الفجر الساعه 6 ونص نعم الفجر الله يجزاك خير الله الله استودعكم الله بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين ولا عاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وصلوات الله وسلامه على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجعل الحزن إذا شاء سهلا اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Our special chosen ones. Our loyal ones. Alhamdulillah, at least we've got enough yani, to create a field of vision. Even if we have to reach all the way over there. We'll just focus on the greenness of the socks that will help me. That was like some rough socks, bro. So alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. What a difference yani, to last, last week's. Uh, logical progression. Shout out to the Malaysians, mashallah. <coughs> they rammed the room too much, and we didn't know what to do. No space. I think that they, I think that, that might work today. <laughs> how how quick the son of Adam falls. Azafa, he hits the heights. So anyway, let's uh, get cracking. Did I show you my bookmark? I have two types of bookmark. For my paper notes, you have to have something light. So that's my toothpick and dental floss bookmark. Very good. Remarkably accurate. It's got like a sticking power. I don't know what it is. But it stays in place. And for my thingamajig, I have a fast track thingamajig. Resourceful. Hi, Bobs. Are we saying Ya Rasul Ustaz? Then to Widad who gave us the. <coughs> my voice has gone a little bit, to be honest. It was a busy weekend. Shouted a lot as usual. And now I can't, uh, can't speak properly. But uh, Widad tells us that we are on page 2, and she tells us that we are on page 196, which sounds good to me. So. Hmm? Yeah, no, that's fine, inshallah. No, 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 no need for that today. As you can see, all those masters about the sisters, they're just going to have to mess up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So, um, this is good. Well, I enjoyed today's lesson. It's, it's good stuff. It's a good mind exercise. So, the Sheikh Imam al-Hajjawi alayhi rahmatan wasi'ah he says in the Matan, the text of uh, Azad al-Mustaqni'ah he said وَالنِّيَّةُ شَرْطٌ لِلْتَحَارَةِ الْأَحْدَاثِ كُلِّهَا فَيَنْوِي رَفَعَ الْحَدَثِ أَوِ التَّحَارَةِ لِمَا لَا يُبَاحُ إِلَّا بِهَا فَإِنَّوَا مَا تُسَنُّ لَهُ الْتَحَارَةِ كَكِرَاعَةٍ أَوْ تَجْدِيدًا مَسْنُونًا نَاسٍ حَدَثَ وَإِنَّوَا غُسْلًا مَسْنُونًا أَجْزَأَ عَنْ وَاجِبٍ وَكَذَا عَكْسُهُ 
وإن اجتمعت أحداث توجب وضوءا أو غسلا فنوى بطهارته أحدها ارتفع سائرها I think that's enough because we're not going to get that far So we did last week The intention is a prerequisite for purification from ritual impurity In all of its forms And that's the text that we're going to do A ritual impurity in all of its forms And then the interesting part will be then today One makes the intention to lift the state of ritual impurity Or for the purification to do something Which wouldn't be permissible without it Without what? That um, Yeah I'll explain in a minute And then if one intends something for which purification is only recommended Such as reciting the Quran Or alternatively one intends the sunnah form Of renewing one's wudu But with the condition that they've forgotten Whether they invalidated their wudu previous to that The state of ritual impurity will still be lifted Now that it doesn't matter how many times you read it, it doesn't make any sense. Okay? So don't worry. Because it will become clear. It's actually very interesting. Very interesting. Alright. So, on page 196 then, Sheikh basically he says that, the just to finish off that sentence basically, because um, we did last yesterday, the intention is a, pu- a prerequisite for purification. But now, from the uh, uh for ritual impurity, in all of its forms And the ahdath is the plural of the word hadath And of course if you remember correctly Hadath is Actually even in Arabic language Hadath is something that happens Okay That's what yani, uh, hadath means um, When something new comes around A situation occurs Okay So uh, we can say We can say that in principle A hadath is something which happens to the body in principle, something which happens to the body which prevents one from performing the action of prayer or other things like that. That's what it means in principle. That's what a hadith means. A hadith is, you know, when we say that he was involved in hadith, meaning he, it means he had an accident. So, in, 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 like if you were to read a, a news headline in the Arab world, if he was involved in uh, a hadith, it basically means that he had a, an accident of some sort. So something happened, okay? And of course, the word hadith also occurs. It's actually a very, very, very oft-used word. And it has obviously a number of different meanings in the language, in fiqh, and in theology. Theology is where it gets really scary. The word hadith and its variations refers to the beginning of events and actions. And then we're starting to talk about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the first things that happened and so on and so forth. And whether there is, it will blow your mind. That's for another, that's for another, what do you call it, 50 years? That's for another 50 years. Anyway, okay, half century? No, there's got to be a, there's got to be a word like decade, no? Half a decade. Half a decade, Bob. Are you sure about that, Bob? Can we just, can we just put it on, 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 on audio? Half a decade. What's the problem? Manchester education, yeah. Private. private, no, yeah, private. That was private. The customer, Katie, Katie Grammar, Katie Grammar School, Grammar School. So 
okay, don't worry. We'll put the bulb tonight. Right. So, Sheikh um, Uthameen, he goes, sometimes it's not just the actual thing which causes the imp- uh, 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 one not being able to go and pray, okay? Sometimes it is the reason behind something. So sometimes it's actually used for the reason why something has stopped you praying. So not the thing which has stopped you praying, but the thing which has stopped you praying. For example, passing wind, okay? Passing wind is something which happens to the body, okay? And it doesn't allow you to pray. It doesn't make someone dirty. It doesn't make someone impure. It makes you ritually impure, all right? It means that you are not able to do the ritual act of salah. So that's what a hadith is, okay? But the word hadith is sometimes used for that which caused the passing of the wind, okay? And so therefore, it doesn't then actually be... So the word hadith doesn't actually then refer to the, uh, uh, the, the, the physical nature of the thing, like going to the toilet, for example, okay? So that's why in Arabic language, Sheikh Thameen says, is that we say that we're going for a number two for, uh, for, uh, to defecate. That's also a hadith. And also when you go to urinate, that's also a hadith. And then the Prophet ﷺ also said in the authentic hadith narrated by Bukhari in Kitab al-Wudu, uh, he said وسلم, that Allah will not accept the prayer of one of you um, if one does a hadith until he makes wudu. Allah will not accept the prayer of any one of you if he does a hadith until he makes wudu. So the hadith is like a thing which actually came about. Okay, um, Sheikh says that um, when we say, and this this is one of those examples in fiqh where every word and letter has been chosen very, very carefully. Okay, this passage that's coming up. So when he says, لِطَحَارَةِ الْأَحْدَاثِ Remember, hadith is ahdath. The other word for impurity is what? The physical. Najas and jas. Yeah? Okay? So, najas and jas. By specifying hadith, all najas has been removed from this description. And the reason that najas has been removed from description, what are we describing, by the way? What is this discussion concerning? Let's not forget what we're talking about. But what? What exactly are we talking about? Intention. So the sheikh is saying that you must have a, an intention if we want to lift, if we want to you know, become pure from states of ritual impurity. Now, by specifying states of ritual impurity, that means you don't need to have an intention when it comes to lifting what? Correct. Lifting states of physical impurity, actual impurity. You don't need an intention. And that is to be taken directly from his use of the word ahdath, only. Okay? And uh, what Sheikh basically says, and the example would be if you had a thobe and it was dirty, okay? You had urine on it or something like that. And then you put it out, you just hung it outside on a washing line. And then it rained. And then the sun came and dried it. This thobe is pure. You had no intention of anything. But something can become pure by itself. And this is the physical nature. So it's not a ritual issue at all. So physical aspects of the body 
are or the clothes or the area. So Sheikh gives another example. He goes that if the, the area upon it, on the next page, he goes it was urine or some other dirt and it rains and it washes it away. There was no need for any intention. This place is now pure. Okay? And this is, this is the position, as we mentioned last week, of who? Who is upon the intention that you, who is upon the position that you have to have an intention to, to, to lift states of, to, to lift the state of ritual impurity? You guys have watched it last week, right? Just because you weren't here, doesn't mean you're chutti, is it? Anyone? Who can tell us what, what it was? Who is upon the position that you need an intention to lift your state of ritual impurity? It's okay, let me help you. Malik, or the Maliki school, the Shafi'i school, and this school. And Abu Hanifa, alayhi rahmatullah, he is the one who's alone in the position that what? Actually, none of the acts of... You see, so all of them, and I mentioned this last week, every scholar does ijma'a that you do not need a niyyah in the issue of lifting physical impurity. It just happens, okay? It's part and parcel of the process. As Shaykh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shamtiti said last week, it is the wasail, those things which are means to an act of worship, but not acts of worship in of themselves, they don't require a niyyah. Don't forget that. That was a very important statement, okay? That those things which are part and process of the means to an act of worship, they individually, as of the, uh, in of themselves, they don't require a niyyah. As for any act of worship to be accepted, that of course requires a niyyah. So once you've understood that, okay, then you all understand why every alim considered that the physical purification of an area, whether the body, clothes, or location, does not require a niyyah, because this is not an act of worship. It's part and parcel of an act of worship, which is wudu. But then Abu Hanifa then, alayhi rahmatullah, he also went further. He said wudu also is an act of worship. Yeah, and technically. He goes wudu is just actually the preparation and the wasail, the means for the act of worship of the prayer, the salah. Okay? And therefore he doesn't require a niyyah for the prayer, for the, for the, for the wudu. As for the three imams, they said absolutely not. And they said that it's very, very clear for us that it is a independent act of worship, what we call it ibadatun mustaqillatun, yani an independent, uh, specific, intrinsic act of worship, and that's what we believe. Okay, and uh, so and he and Sheikh Uthamini gives some examples. He goes that. Um, He goes, uh, for example, he goes, if a person wants to put on a thobe to cover his aura, okay, um, he goes, it's not, he goes, it's, he goes, it's not important, it's not required, according to the Hanafi school, okay, actually, um, just forget the school, he goes, if you, you, when you put on that thobe, you do not need to actually make the intention that I'm putting this thobe on to cover my aura. He goes that, for example, if a person wants to put on that thobe, just to look good, okay, uh, because he liked it, or because he's cold, okay, then this is then this is fine. He goes that if a person was to do that, okay, this is this is the Hanafi school arguing this point. They're saying if a person was to put on a thobe because it was cold or because they wanted to look good and he covers the aura, then are you saying that you needed to have making intention for the aura as well? No. Because he's put on the clothes for whatever reason, but now that the clothes are on, the aura is covered. And therefore, that's it. So this is what Abu Hanifa is arguing. 
Sheikh Uthameen says, I don't, uh, he considered this, this argument a weak argument. He's basically saying, look, the difference actually here is that that was not an independent act of worship, okay? Whereas in wudu, wudu is a specific act of worship. That wudu is, yani was-sawab, the correct position is that wudu is ibadatun, mustaqillatun, it is an independent individual act of worship based upon the evidence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has established, uh, has, um, has given the act of wudu a process and has uh, given it a reward and uh, a reward in the akhirah, and that can only happen if it's an act of worship. It's an act which has which you do and you get rewarded for, which is the dictionary definition of a act of worship. And this is a position of the majority of the scholars. Okay, so this is his position, and he just wants to emphasize that that kulliha every single type of ritual impurity covers then asghar and akbar. Okay, uh, meaning the Small and the large. What's a small and what's a large? What's a small state of ritual impurity? Or minor, I should say. Correct. Wind, um, toilet, etc. And major? Okay, hate, menstruation, and intercourse. Okay? Sexual impurity. So these are the two types. Alright? So that's all in, in included. So now we now get into the discussion of the next paragraph. One makes the intention to lift the state of ritual impurity, or, so there's two, two types of niyyah being discussed, or for the purification to do something which wouldn't be permissible without it. So, so the first example of how you can make the niyyah is that we, um, uh, is, is, I go to the toilet, if I go to the toilet, I know that I will break my wudu. So I want. I, I have entered into a state of what? What kind of impurity? Ritual impurity. Okay. I have entered into a state of ritual impurity. So now I go to make wudu with the intention of lifting my state of ritual impurity caused by urination. Happy with that? That is what the first type is. Is that clear? Or the second type. Okay, so that's the way I just explained, explains the meaning. One makes the intention to lift the state of ritual impurity. Or, okay, أو الطهارة, okay, أو الطهارة لما لا يباح إلا بها. Or, for the purification to do something which wouldn't be permissible without it. So this second example is for me to make the intention for salah. Or to make the intention for tawaf. Or to make the intention for those who are obligated for the wiping of the uh, for the touching of the mushaf, okay, to pick up the mushaf. So three separate acts, completely different: salah, tawaf, or touching the mushaf. These three acts require wudu. There's an issue of uh, there's a discussion of the touching mushaf. That's it's not important important for now. These three acts require wudu, and so there, if I say if I say I want to pray. Or I want to pick up this mushaf and I can't because I'm not in a right state at the moment. But this is what I want to do it for. My state of ritual impurity is gone. Even though, what's the surprise here? The surprise is, is that I didn't actually say, I didn't actually say, I want to lift my state of ritual impurity. I didn't actually say, I want to become ritually pure. I want to become ritually clean. No. I said, I want to pray. Does that make sense? So the wording and the thought is different. Okay? So this is the second type of, this is the, Second type of 
niya. And that's why Sheikh Uthameen, he emphasizes the point. He goes, so if a person was to, was to make the intention for purification to pray, even if he does not make the intention to lift off him the state of ritual impurity, he, is, he has lifted his state of ritual impurity. Is that clear now? Good. Okay. And the reason for that is because it's not possible to pray except by the lifting of the ritual state. So when you've made the intention for that, job done. Good. Next paragraph. So is everyone happy with that then? Yes? Okay. Next paragraph. If one intends something for which purification is only recommended, such as the reciting of the Qur'an or the, the sunnah form of renewing one's wudu with the condition that they've forgotten or they invalidated the wudu previous to that, then also the state will be lifted. So we have now two more surahs. Okay, two more... Um, um, two more what? Expressions? Two more, two, two more examples. Examples. Okay. So the third example then is that you make your you you, you intend to be you intend pure pur, purity or you intend purification. Okay, for something which is sunnah, not for something which is obligatory. Okay. So I want to read some Quran. Now to for reading the Quran. Okay, and I'm not, we're not talking about touching the Quran. We're just talking about reciting. Like just, I want to recite. When you want to recite, it's a sunnah to be in a state of wudu. If you're not in a state of wudu, your, state, your, your, recital, your recital is accepted and it's fine. But it's better and recommended to be in wudu. Because the, in fact, as Sheikh Tameen says, he goes, actually every dhikr, every dhikr, um, it's sunnah to, make purify, to be in a state of purity. It's better. The Prophet ﷺ said, That I hate that I mention the name of Allah except that I am in a state of purity. Okay? I, I hate, I, I dislike the fact that I make the dhikr, okay? Dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except that I am in a state of purity. Alright. And that's a hadith has been narrated on page 117. If I am not mistaken. <coughs> yeah, it's the hadith narrated by uh, by Imam Ahmed and, and also by Imam Abu Dawood, page 117. Okay, the hadith is authentic. So, yeah, yeah. Um, isn't it supposed because it says, Yeah, it's like part of the state of. Uh, yeah, for, the, for, for the time being, yes. The touching of the mushaf, okay, is something which requires wudu or tahara. <coughs> But we're now not talking about the touching. We're talking about someone who's just reciting by himself. Um, reciting Quran, so reciting any surah, or reciting any dhikr. It's allowed. If you don't have a state of wudu, it's allowed. But the Prophet ﷺ preferred that he's in a state of wudu. Actually, I'll add even more. Shaykh Uthameen, he says, Shaykh Uthameen, he says, every dhikr which is done, any dhikr, if you have wudu, then it's sunnah. It's sunnah to have wudu. I say to you that it's sunnah to have wudu for every and single, every single type of act of worship. 
although purifies it, makes it better, makes it better, even though it's not a condition, you know, it might not be a condition for it, okay? Like fasting, for example. Fasting is not connected to wudu at all, yes? But if a person is, is, has it, he's in wudu, generally keeping himself pure, maximizing that everything that he does whilst fasting, this is better. So generally the principle of wudu is required, it's a, it's a good thing. Okay, so Sheikh then carries on. So he goes, so if a person, he makes intention for something which is not obligatory, then his state of ritual impurity has been lifted. Okay, because, because if he is intending something which is recommended, then that's, that's the same as the Salah in the previous example. He's, he's intending something which is going to lead to a lift of the state of the ritual impurity anyway. So it's the same as the previous point. Is that clear, everybody? Yep. All right. Sorry. Yeah. So as soon as he and so, sorry and so he goes. This is the same, like not just yani, the intention to recite Quran, but also for example, if he made the in, if he wanted to be purified, if he wanted to enter into a state of purity after being angry. So he's very angry and he wants to make wudu to calm down. Okay, according to those that consider this to be a sunnah, then that would be enough for him to now go and pray dhuhr as well now, for example. Okay, because actually it's it's a minor thing. But the minor, the, the minor thing means it's a recommended point, but his state of ritual impurity has been lifted. For example, if he is um, and asleep, uh, 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 for example, after sleep, and then he makes the wudu, because he's just woken up from sleep. Yeah, that's his intention. It would be an, uh, sufficient for him, for him to pray on, even though he didn't actually intend the prayer. So this is the... This is the third type. So, just the three types so far. What's the third type? First type. Correct. The first one is to intend the removal, the lifting of the state of ritual impurity. You happy with that? The second type. So, what would it be? One intends. Intend to do obligatory Yes. In what one intends purity for an obligatory act? Yep. Okay, and the third would be? Correct, one intends purity for a recommended act. Yes, uh, Zafar, yeah. So if a person is sitting there and reciting, um, and then he thinks that I should have wudu really, what happens? Is he, state of, is he in a state of ritual impurity now? Or? So no, he's, it, 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 whether he is... Whether, you, 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 the question is, is that if a person is just reciting the Quran and he says, I should be in a state of wudu, okay, or purity, what happens? So let me just make it clear. It, that completely depends upon what his state was. If he's already got wudu, then he's already in, in purity. If he doesn't, if he's not in a state of purity and he's reciting Quran and he suddenly says, you know what, it'd be nice to increase the reward here and I want to make now wudu, then he makes wudu and then he will now, and he'll make, he makes wudu and what he's done is that he has to have an intention for that act to be accepted. And that intention here would be that I want to be in a state of purity for this act of ibadah that I'm doing. No, God, no, no. That's the whole point of this uh, third point, that he's not obligated. And it can be any of the acts that you can think of where one is not obligated to make wudu. Okay? So now we've got the fourth surah now, the fourth example. What is that example? It's a very long sentence, sentence in English. It's when one intends the sunnah form 
of tajdid, which is renewing one's wudu with with a, with with, with uh, an interesting condition, with the condition that they've forgotten whether they invalidated their wudu previous to that. Okay, let me explain what that means. Now. Um, Let me explain what tajdeed means. Tajdeed al-wudu is that a person, okay, he uh, he prays um, a normal prayer, and after he's finished his prayer, okay, like duhar, nothing happens. He's still in wudu. Asr time starts. He goes, I want to now make my wudu again for asr. This is called tajdeed. We haven't broken wudu. Is that clear? So this is the renewal of wudu, and this is the sunnah act. This used to be the sunnah of the Prophet and it used to be the sunnah of the companions big time. Okay? And that's why, for example, if you... Uh, just, on the, just a random point that comes to my mind, because it's always Abu Hanifa's name that's mentioned. I don't know whether it's like... Uh, in fact, I've forgotten the statement now. What is it that he used to... 40 years he never made wudu at night or something? Well, how's it go? Maghrib, he prayed the salah of Isha. he prayed the salah of Fajr on the wudu of Isha for forty years or something like that. Yeah, and this is put forward as a praise, like you know of Abu Hanifa. And there's no doubt in my mind, Allah, this is a, a fake statement. Not because Abu Hanifa didn't pray Tahajjud. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he's way beyond that. Okay. In fact, uh, the, the 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 problem with this statement is that. Imam Abu Hanifa is far better than this statement. Because there's no, there's no style here and no quality and no sunnah in not making wudu throughout the night time. And we expect anyone upon sunnah to have made wudu for the tajid. We expect someone who's upon the sunnah to not stay awake all night, but rather to go to sleep and then pray later on in the night, which is a sunnah okay, of the Prophet. And we expect a person to make wudu again for fajr, especially Imam, especially Abu Hanifa. So I just want you just just as, a, as an, another example, this statement is, is false. It's narrated everywhere, and I just even if it's authentically in a book, I can't believe that this applies to Abu It just it's an insult because he's bigger than that and better than that. Um, so I just want you to understand that's what that's what tajdid al wudu means. You have wudu, and you do it again just for the extra reward. Is everyone happy with that? Yeah. This is what we call the sunnah repetition. Okay, a sunnah repetition. Now, Sheikh Uthameen, he goes, the issue here though, is that our author, Imam al-Hajjawi, has put two conditions down for this fourth example. Two conditions that must be there that will allow this person to lift his state of ritual impurity. He goes, the first, he goes, is that the tajdeed must be according to the sunnah. So if you look at that sentence again, he says it's tajdeed which is according to the sunnah. Because tajdeed means to renew something. So you can renew something and it's not according to the sunnah and you can renew your wudu and it is per sunnah. He goes, he goes because He goes that if it's not a sunnah tajdeed, a sunnah renewal, then it wasn't legislated in the first place. It wasn't legislated in the first place. So for example, if someone intends to renew his wudu and it is not a sunnah version then he has intended a purification which is not legislated 
and therefore by that his state of ritual impurity is not lifted. So he goes that he goes, for example, the tajdid of wudu is considered masnoonan, meaning a sunnah of the Prophet if a person prays with the wudu of that prayer and then after it's, uh, 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 after he's prayed with the wudu of that previous prayer, he then makes a wudu and he prays with that new prayer, with that new wudu. New prayer with the new wudu. So as I said the example, the sunnah tajdeed would be, I make wudu a dhuhr and I pray dhuhr and I pray my sunnah. And I haven't broken my wudu. And asr time now enters. And now I make my wudu again. I haven't broken my wudu. And now I pray Asr now with my new wudu. This is the sunnah form. Is that clear everybody? Alright? This is the, 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 the point. Okay? Now, and he goes that, um, and even, even if he did not pray the Salat al-Asr with that second wudu, like the prayer, it's not like the prayer has to be done to make the wudu valid. But the point is, is that the wudu was made in duhr and he prayed duhr and that's it. And then in asr time came in, then he made wudu again. This wudu being made again, this would raise the state of ritual impurity. Okay, if it uh, and it will become clear in a second why, even if he doesn't pray or not. But here's the here's the, here's the way to understand the the the, 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 the way, where it wouldn't apply. Where it wouldn't apply. He goes. That if a person was بأنتوضن الأسر قبل دخول وقتها ولم يصلي بهذا الوضوء ثم لما أذن الأسر جدد هذا الوضوء فهذا ليس بمشروع لأنه لم يصلي بالوضوء الأول فلا يرتفع حدثه لو كان لو كان أحدث بين الوضوء بين الوضوء الأول والثاني. So he says. And let's say a person now, same example, Salat al-Dhuhr, okay, be with it. Salat al-Dhuhr, time is entered. He makes wudu for Salat al-Dhuhr. He then prays Salat al-Dhuhr. That's done. Now, before Asr time has started, before the Asr time has started, he makes wudu. Is that clear? Before the Asr time has started, he makes wudu. Then he doesn't pray with, you know, after this wudu. And then asr time starts. And then he makes wudu again to pray asr in asr time. Is that clear? Are you following so far? So he was in dhuhr time, five, ten minutes before asr. Half an hour before asr, doesn't matter. He makes wudu again for whatever reason. But he doesn't pray using that wudu. And then the wudu, then the asr time starts. And now he does wudu again. And then he prays with that one. What happened is that in between these two wudu, he didn't do a prayer and he didn't break his wudu either. His state of purity. Is that clear? If he was to do that, this second wudu would not be a uh, a a wudu or a purity that lifts the state of ritual impurity. Why? Because the tajdeed was not according to the sunnah. 
It was not a legislated tajdeed. Can't just do wudu again and again. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. There is no ritual impurity. Correct. In fact, that's the exact point, and that's what Sheikh, that's what Sheikh Uthameen, he said. He said he goes. This is not legislated. He did not make wudu. He did not pray with the first wudu. Okay. And he goes that basically he goes that. Um, Basically, what he's trying to say is this. He goes, up and so uh, the, the, this is the practical point. You know, when I said that he made the wudu five minutes before Asr and didn't pray with it, and then he made the wudu again, okay, in Asr time, right? And then he prays with that. There's that gap period now, okay? I want you to know that this second type, this second uh, 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 that, uh, uh, second wudu that he made, this is not the tajdeed of wudu. Because you can only renew a wudu that has been used. Does that make sense? Okay? Right, good. Practical point being that if he had broken his wudu between these two wudu okay the second wudu would not lift his state of ritual impurity someone tell me why huh no 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 what's the uh, clear because he, he has the intention of the exactly that's it alhamdulillah someone's understood it because this whole chapter this whole fourth example is all just 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 if I, if you want to understand? I know this is blowing everyone's mind, but if you want to understand, this fourth point is all about a person who, in his mind, when he's making wudu, is only thinking tajdeed. If this person is thinking I'm making wudu for asr, then it's not a discussion. This is not about that. This is about a person who's only thinking about renewing his wudu. That's it. Renewal, 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 renewal. So we're thinking that if there's a person, it's like the guy who said that he puts on his clothes because it's cold, and he doesn't think for a second about the aura, for example. Yeah, we just want to make sure that he covers his aura. So likewise, we've got this guy who's only thinking tajdeed, 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 renewal, renewal, renewal. So we we're saying, you know what? That's fine, bro. If you don't want to make a proper, accurate intention, which is I want to become pure for X prayer, and you want to go down a whole renewal, renewal, renewal line, then you know what? you're going to be fine. But for it to be fine, there has to be some conditions. And that condition is, is that the actual renewal must be according to the sunnah. It's got to be a renewal. So again, I'm going to explain it so that you appreciate the point. If I, if I had now prayed my dhuhr with my wudu, that's fine, okay? And now, before asr starts, I make my wudu again. I've still got wudu, Okay. I make my wudu again, and I don't pray using that wudu. And then the second prayer, then 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 after time now comes in, and I make wudu again, and then I pray. So that wudu, that final wudu, that second wudu, call it okay, that final wudu, that was not a renewal. 
because it can only renew the wudu that has had a prayer attached to it. So therefore, the previous, the previous wudu, okay, that was non-legislated. So therefore, not according to the sunnah, it's not even legislated, okay? Therefore, if I was unfortunate enough that on the stroke of Asr entering, I broke my wudu, broke my wudu, I went to the toilet, for example, and now I go and I make my wudu, but I'm not thinking lifting state of ritual impurity, I'm thinking renewal, my wudu is not lifted. My, my, my ritual impurity is not lifted. I'm not in a state of wudu. Why? Because I can't use the renewal line here. I can't use the renewal card because I'm not renewing my wudu. Because I never prayed with the previous one. So it's therefore not a renewal. Does that make sense? Okay? If you think about it, you'll, you know, someone's going to have to word it in a nicer sentence. But that's the point. That if I was to break my wudu between these two, then it wouldn't work. This is the, this is the, this is the application. Someone say to me, explain it. Someone say, no. Someone yeah, they tell me that. It makes sense. What if uh, the first and second renewal of the wudu was when Asr had started? So, so far you told us you did it five to ten minutes before Asr. Okay. What if you did it after Asr? Yep. Yep. For some reason didn't pray. Yep. And for other wudu. Same would apply. So it's not even the issue of the time. It's not the issue that it was before Asr. Let's say that a person prayed, Zuhr and everything, all done. Asr time starts, and then he makes wudu. But he doesn't pray with it. Doesn't pray with it. And then after half an hour, still within Asr time, he makes wudu again. He makes wudu saying, what? I'm renewing my wudu. That's what I'm doing. If he was to pray with that prayer, and he hadn't broken his wudu at any time, would that prayer be valid, yes or no? Because he hasn't broken his wudu. Happy with that? Let's say between a wudu 1 and wudu 2, he had broken his wudu. Would that prayer be valid? It depends upon his intention. Yep. Correct. If he is making the intention that, oh, I mean, you know what, I'm just doing jadid, uh, tajdeed of my renewing my wudu, then the prayer is invalid because his state of ritual impurity has not been lifted because he is not doing a tajdeed. Uh, a, a, legis, a, legis, a legislated tajdeed because the previous one was not used. Do you understand? Whereas if he was to make wudu and say, hey, I'm praying for wudu for asr, no problem. Which is why, of course, it's always important to be aware when you're making your intention. That you're clear what you want to do. I want to lift the state of ritual impurity. I want to... So it's just, a, it's just a point. Now, but obviously this is a very specific scenario, isn't it? It's probably that one guy out of a million who is, you know, doing tajdeed wudu all the time, you know, Jazallah khair, and he's next level guy, right? But he's causing himself a problem, basically, yeah? <laughs> so, because he's only thinking like that. So that's the first condition. That's the first condition. There's another condition as well, which makes it even more fun. The second condition is that he has to forget his ritual impurity. Uh, yani, in the English, what does it say? How have we translated it? Translated it as... Uh, or one intends the sunnah form of renewing one's wudu with the condition that they've forgotten whether they invalidated their wudu previous to that. Okay? On the condition that they've forgotten the hadith. What does that mean? For example, if a person 
forgets his uh, that he broke his wudu, forgets that he broke his wudu, then he's okay. But if he remembers that he has broken his wudu and he does tajdeed, what happens? It's invalid. It's his state of ritual impurity has not been lifted. And Sheikh Uthameen he goes, This is one of the most ajeeb, strange kind of statements that you'll find in knowledge. In, yani, in sacred knowledge. It's one of those kind of, uh, what do they call? One for the X-Files. Okay? Right? Yani, he goes, yani, he goes, what is this? He goes that if a person intends something which he has forgotten, it's correct. But if he intends something which he remembers, it's invalid. Okay? So he goes, this obviously wouldn't make sense in any other uh, field of knowledge at any other time. But just because this is one of those very rare circumstances where this is applied. Okay? And it makes sense. He goes, he goes, and so the example is this. He goes, as a man, he prays Dhuhr with the wudu of Dhuhr. He prays Dhuhr with the wudu of Dhuhr. Why is that pack reading? Let a customer tell me he's reading a book. <laughs> Ra, which one are you reading? Have you seen how you put it? <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen that? I want everyone to witness this. Lift up the other book. The other one? No, no, no. The other one, the one that's being used as a cover. Listen. Uh, uh, turn this around. Show, show everyone. This is a historic moment. Okay? Show us how you did that. Yeah, yeah. This is the book, yeah? Sharh Mumtit, which you're showing. Okay? And now show what you had in there. Like that. Yeah? Lift it up so everyone can see. And now lift up that book in front of it. Yeah. MashaAllah. In between. Unbelievable. What is that book called? What? Invincible Abdullah. Invincible Abdullah. And Isa was sitting there chilling out. What are you reading? Invincible Abdullah. At least it's better than Horrid Henry, isn't it? What are you doing, Yara? Unbelievable. That's that one. That's that. That's that one where you know it's like the cut-out Bible, huh? With the gun inside, right? And the, the uh, exactly or cigar case, or the Quran that has the yani, the Facebook open inside. You see it live right here. Look. <coughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> right, anyway. So, there's a man. And he prays Dhuhr with his wudu. Okay? And then he breaks his wudu straight after the prayer. So he's made wudu. He's prayed Dhuhr. Breaks his wudu straight after the prayer. Okay? Then, he makes wudu again for Asr. Tajdeed. Forgetting that he broke his wudu after Dhuhr. He forgot. Because this is what he does every single day. He's on the sunnah. Every time the end to prayer, a new prayer comes in, new prayer time, he makes wudu again for the salah. Is that clear? He forgot that he broke the wudu. What's the state of his uh, uh, wudu? Valid. This is a pure state of ritual. Uh, he's in a state of purity. His, his state of ritual impurity has been lifted. Okay? But if he, and then Shaykh Uthameen says, but if he made tajdeed, remembering that he had broken his wudu, 
then it is How can you lift the state of ritual impurity? Because this uh, now he's just playing around. Yani he's Yani he's meaning he's he's flapping about now, he's having a laugh. Yani you've broken your wudu and you're saying I'm making tajdeed. And tajdeed aslan can't happen unless your wudu hasn't been broken. Yeah? And uh, and so that's the point. So remember that as a golden rule, as a, as a maxim. You can only renew your hadith, you, you can only renew your wudu as long as you are upon wudu. You can only renew your state of purity as long as you are upon tahara. It's not possible for you to use renewal, tajdeed, and get the reward for tajdeed unless you're already in purity, uh, unless you're already in a state of purity. And that makes common sense as well. Yani, what, what, what would be so rewarding then for renewing your wudu if you're having to make your wudu anyway because you broke it? Make sense? <laughs> then it wouldn't be... Uh, 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 you, you, you ask the question, can he make uh, two intentions? Yes. How can he make two intentions if he's broken the wudu? If he's not sure... Meaning that he's thinking, I'm not sure of whatever, either I have, either I haven't. Then he must, whatever happens, make the intention for raising the state of ritual impurity. I think what he's saying is that, can he still catch the reward of the Tajweed Wudu? I hope you just didn't say Tajweed Wudu. <laughs> 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 That's a new one. There's a Tajweed Wudu as well. <laughs> Excellent. Um, he's saying that, look... Tajdeed is only going to happen if he's already in the state of wudu. Yes? And it's only going to happen if he's forgotten whether he broke it or not. If he's not sure, did I, did I not, did I, did not, it can't be tajdeed. Unless, of course, he's sure, more sure, that he didn't. Then that's something else. That's going back to the principles of certainty and doubt. Okay? But in principle, if a person is thinking, I might have broken it or whatever, then he would make intention for the state of to be lifted. He wouldn't take a risk. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the tajweed... The, <laughs> <laughs> the tajdeed guys, okay? Those are like, yani, out there. They're the ones, who, the risk takers, you know? They're making intentions, like, on the fly. You know, because they're used to it and they're kind of playing that kind of, you know, high-level game. Whereas the basic log like us, yani, you know, Misakin, we're only going to be making any intention for... Yeah, and lifting a state of ritual impurity or to get ready for the prayer. And it's of course a safer one. And that's the, the, the main lesson of the, of the class, I guess. Okay? And we can finish this next part as well because this is actually, now that you understand that, it actually, this next part is easy. Because then, the Sheikh then says in the Arabic, uh, Okay? If one uh, if one intends a sunnah ghusl, it will suffice for an obligatory one, and vice versa. So, for example, Sheikh says that if a person was to make ghusl from after he's washed the dead body, because this, according to many scholars, is a sunnah, not an obligatory for you to do the ghusl. Yeah, after. Huh? Um, or, for example, you make ghusl for ihram, because that's not obli- obligatory. Before you're about to put on ihram, it's good to do the ghusl. It's not obligatory. Or, for example, when you want to go and start Arafah, then it's sunnah to, or recommended to, make the ghusl before you enter the 
uh, Arafah itself. Those are three separate examples where the ghusl is not obligatory. If you were to do any of these aghsal, plural of ghusl, okay, any of these sunnah ghusls, then and uh, uh, and likewise the ghusl of Jumu'ah, okay, which according to the majority of the scholars is a sunnah, although Shaykh Uthameen considers it to be wajib, okay, he considers it to be obligatory, but according to the majority of the scholars, it's sunnah. If you were to do any of these, it covers the obligatory one, okay, it covers the obligatory one. Uh, Now, uh, according to the madhab, or the, the Hanbali madhab, uh, Shaykh Uthameen wants to make a point here. He goes, وَلَوْ ذَكْرًا عَلَيْهِ غُسْلًا وَاجِبًا وَقَيِّدَهُ بَعْضَ الْأَصْحَبِ مَا إِذَا كَانَ نَاسِيًا حَدَثَهُ أَيْ نَاسٍ الْجَنَابَ فَإِنْ لَمْ يَكُنْ نَاسٍ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَرْتَفِعُ لِأَنَّ الْغُسْلَ مَسْمُونَ لَيْسَ لَيْسَ عَنْ حَدَثٍ وَإِذَا لَمْ يَكُنْ عَنْ حَدَثٍ but I do want Sheikh more support for this, this, this statement. He goes, you should know that a number of the number of the scholars of the Hamli Madhab, and it is now the official Hamli Madhab position, uh, is say that the only time it's going to be accepted, okay, um, is if he was not aware of. The reason why he broke it, because, because okay, let me explain this. According to Sheikh Uthameen, according to the Hanbali school, those three ghusls, they're not to lift a state of impurity. When you go to a stand made ghusl for uh, Arafah, it's not to lift a state of impurity. It's actually to purify yourself further. And when you go into Ihram, it's not because you have just barakun wudu, it's because you will purify yourself further. And the one, the issue of the dead person, that's the only one of difference. Okay, so the point is, is that if you had an obligatory ghusl upon you, i.e., a state of janaba, okay, of sexual impurity, now the only time that this is going to cover the the sunnah one is going to cover the obligatory needed. Meaning, so for example, the you know uh, juma, okay, if I consider this to be juma to be sunnah, okay. If I had forgotten that I was in a state of janaba, forgotten, I must have. I must have still forgotten it. I have to make sure I don't remember that. And then, if I make my ghusl for Jumaa, then the one for my janaba is covered as well. That's the point. Do you understand? It has to be that I have forgotten. And this is according to the humbly madhab. Sheikh Uthameen then goes forward. He goes, you know what? When I'm more, I think about this uh, this statement. I think I think there's a point. I think they've got an argument. He goes, I think they've got an argument. He goes, he goes, Buta'lilul Madhab. He goes, the Madhab, this is where the Madhab is coming from. He goes, he goes that when, Lamakal Ghusl al Masnoon Taharat and Shariah, he goes, whenever a Sunnah Ghusl is actually a legitimate, a, a, a legislated, uh, a legislated act which purifies the body, okay, okay, then. It's, uh, it's legislated, then it will lift the state of ritual impurity. Anyway, uh, you know, Shaykh goes around here and there. Basically, let me just basically say what he says. 
He goes, the example would be if a person makes ghusl for Jum'ah. For those people who consider the ghusl for Jum'ah sunnah and he has a, a ghusl and he, he, he's in a state of janabah but he didn't remember it or he only remembers the state of janabah after the prayer okay then his Jum'ah prayer is, is valid because the fact that he did a ghusl for Jum'ah whilst forgetting that he was in a state of janabah then that has dealt with it then that has dealt, dealt with it and then Sheikh Uthameen he then makes his point he goes and I'm going to discuss this with you next week in detail okay this is something which um, Sheikh Kehlan has a unique opinion upon and um, there's a lot of discussion we've had over the years on this point yeah we will leave that to next week but basically what Sheikh Uthameen says he goes but he goes, but if you were to ask me, and he goes like, you know, he puts a point out here. He goes, but if you were to ask me that there's a person out there, he knows that he has to do a ghusl for janaba. He knows. And yet, he does the ghusl for Jum'ah only. So he remembers that he's in a janaba. Fafi nafsi shay. He goes, I'm not happy with that. He goes, there's something in my heart which is, I don't feel at ease with that. Okay, that's what he's trying to say. He goes that it's something in my heart. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not happy with that. So, because he goes because uh, 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 the humbly madhab is basically uh, there, are, there are there sorry there are scholars that are saying that if he does know about the janaba, it doesn't matter because he's doing it to lift the state of ritual impurity anyway, and therefore that's acceptable. He goes, if a person knows that he has to do something for Janaba and he doesn't make the intention for lifting the state of ritual impurity for Janaba, Hadith al-Akbar, large state of, major state of ritual impurity, and he just did it to, uh, for the sunnah of achieving the Jum'ah reward. Because remember, a person could be in wudu. Imagine you wake up at 10 o'clock in the morning and you've got wudu. And then it's 12 o'clock and you're on the way to the masjid. It's sunnah to now go and do ghusl according to the majority. It doesn't matter whether you've broken your wudu or not. Do you understand? It's sunnah to have a bath. So that's not necessarily lifting a state of ritual impurity at all. It's just putting you in a better state for jama'ah. And so what Sheikh is saying that a person was to do that and he knew he was in a state of janaba as well which requires an obligatory ghusl. And if a person was to go there and say that now it's okay because of the, the ghusl, alright? And he goes, I'm not happy with that. And we're going to discuss that in shop next week because there's a lot of this, there is some uh, there is it's not a straightforward point that but that was okay so let's take a couple questions inshallah and then and then it's uh, home time anything here on the online anything online huh oh my god yeah no, let's do it okay, first one uh, the second condition for the that he has forgotten whether he has wudu or not, does it suffice that he simply isn't sure, i.e., not that he has actually forgotten whether he has wudu or not, he just isn't sure. So he, so he wants to be just to cover the bases, or now does he actually have to break the wudu and or intend a fresh wudu rather than to 
in order to be on the safe side? So the safe side, I have answered the question. I mean, most longest word would be anything, but I understood what he's trying to say or she's trying to say. And the answer to that question, speak up louder so that I don't have to repeat the uh, thing as well. Um, but I think that the answer to that question is that there is no possible safe side in Tajdeed. So the, the answer to the question is that if there is any doubt and uncertainty, then you don't need to break wudu, don't need to make wudu again, don't need to do anything like that. The thing what you need to do is that the wudu that you're about to make, just don't make the intention for tajdeed. That's it. Make the intention for lifting the state of ritual impurity. That's the most powerful. You know, if you were wanting to stay away from all the differences of opinion, all the madhab issues, blah, 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 don't make intention for dhuhr, don't make intention for tajdeed, don't make intention for XYZ, Make intention that I am in a state of tahara. Oh Allah, I want taharat. That's it. Or I want to lose my... Is there a Pakistani version for hadith? Truck. Truck. <laughs> 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 he took... He, he tricked me there, cussed me there. I thought that was an Urdu word, man. It is Urdu word. Oh, right. Is it a swear word? No. Oh, right, okay. You're lucky, Sulaiman. Custom man, go. So if he wasn't aware, louder, that, louder. So uh, if he wasn't aware that he broke his wudu and did the deeds, and is he not excused due to his honest mistake? Is his prayer then valid or not? This is not a mistake. If a person had for, uh, is doing tajdeed and he had forgotten the uh, that he had broken his wudu, well, I guess it is a mistake. But this is the this is the one which is allowed. No problem. This is the one where a person would be forgiven. Not only forgiven, his wudu would be accepted. Not only would he be accepted, it's accepted as tajdeed. This is a person who genuinely believes he's in wudu. Yeah. Can I carry this only you now? Why would somebody even make the intention of tajdeed if they know they, uh, that they have broken the wudu? Um, either number one, they don't realize that they've broken their wudu. Two, most of the time, they've got no idea actually what tajdeed means. They probably think that just because I broke my wudu, it doesn't mean anything. For me, tajdeed means making wudu for every time, prayer time. Do you understand what I mean? Okay. If a person believes that tajdeed is me making, wudu, well, me, me making wudu every prayer time, then he's got that wrong. That's not tajdeed. Tajdeed is making wudu for every prayer time without breaking your previous wudu. That's going to come next week, inshallah. That's going to come. Obviously, ghusl is sunnah, there's no doubt. And some said wajib. But the questions about the intentions, we'll do it next week. Yeah. So if you have, so if you have to do uh, an obligatory ghusl before Jummah, does the ghusl suffice the sunnah ghusl for Jummah? Yes, and that is what, that is the next statement, wa'aksu. That's what that means. That the obligatory one for Janaba would cover it. But that's according to the Hanbalis. We're going to debate that point. We've got, we've got our few opinions on that. <clears throat> is the issue really about uh, intending lifting hadith? As for in, as for in tajdeed, the person will never intend lifting hadith. So if he forgot that he is in a state of hadith and he intended tajdeed, his mention was not to lift hadith, so his hadith didn't lift. Correct. 
Correct. What that person just said is absolutely correct. It basically explains the whole point of the fourth version of the niyyah. Because the person making tajdeed has no connection with hadith whatsoever. That's why if he remembers that he did do hadith, then he can't possibly make intention for tajdeed. Um, what about women who discharge and make, have to make wudu at each prayer time? Is this lifting ritual or physical impurity? So th- this is something that we're not coming to for a long time yet. But for this reader, they can go and, and uh, I, I've, I've written a paper on that. And uh, um, it has also been checked by Sheikh Gehlan. And in my opinion, a person who is not, not about a woman, it's about any person who has uncontrollable discharge, continuous discharge, incontinent, urinary incontinence, or flatulence, uh, IBS, uh, vaginal discharge, which is con- continuous, or whatever. Okay? Uh, and obviously, vaginal discharges are of different types, but I'm talking about that which breaks the wudu and it's happening all the time. Then I personally follow the Maliki position, which is that there is no breaking of wudu happening here at all. There is no breaking of wudu happening at all. Every time that this person's incontinent, he's being incontinent. There is no breaking of wudu because he's not in control. And so therefore, in my opinion, and the only reason I'm discussing this is because actually we did a good discussion on this today, okay? The only time that he would make wudu is when? When he knows he's broken his wudu. Correct. When he knows that he's broken his wudu. So whenever he or she would go to sleep, whenever he or she would go to the toilet, whenever he or she would do something else, okay? Then they would make their wudu. But throughout the rest of that time, there is all of this is happening, whatever. Now, this is my position, and that's the fatwa that we wrote for that person. They can go and find that. Just type in Google, uh, incontinence, uh, discharge, um, and Abu Isa, and something like that. You'll find it somewhere. Okay, it's on the old blog. Or you can post it on Facebook, yeah. But the, the, uh, the point to remember is that the majority of the scholars, the three imams and the majority of the scholars, okay, their position is that it does break the wudu, but because it's a hardship and there is an interpretation of one act, one advice of the Prophet ﷺ, it's sufficient to make wudu just for every prayer time at the beginning and everything is done. But my, if you read my paper, you'll realize that I believe that this is a misunderstanding of the hadith itself. Yep. The prayer you pray with the wudu you have done, does does that have to be a third prayer or can it be a sunnah or nafal? It can be a sunnah and nafal, all of the prayers to maintain the tajdeed concept. Um, can can one combine the intentions for obligatory and recommended acts in the same wudu? That can happen, but that's happening next week. Um, why don't we make wudu then always with the intention of removing the state of ritual impurity and not for renewing wudu? It may prevent us from doing the mistake. No, because the best and most supreme action is the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, and he would make tajdeed al-wudu without breaking his wudu. So that is the higher, more difficult act, no doubt about that. Um, uh, what if he remembers after praying that his wudu was not supposed to lift ritual impurity and not renewal? Should he repeat his prayer. Yes, if a person was in that scenario and he knew that he had made that yani, mistake and he knew afterwards, then it's safer for him to do that. 
Um, another question. Um, what if he makes the laugh with a second wiggle? What's a second wiggle? Tajdeed? Uh, yeah, the three definitions what you gave. Yeah, so ghusl uh, means. Anyway, ignore that. That is properly, properly written. Huh? Yeah, I think that he doesn't, they've not understood the question. It's not a question. There's a few more. Tell you, you go, yeah. It's, it's the thing, is an hour left anyway. Actually, a couple of them have been answered, but. Um, um, hour of is everything. <laughs> <laughs> go. Did say that the official position, uh, did Sheikh say that the official position of the Hanbali Madhab has changed on the issue of the Sunnah and Ghusl? sufficing for the obligatory ones do official positions of the madhabs change over time absolutely absolutely the uh, official madhab positions do change um, and this is not to say this has changed massively but I will be expounding on, on this next week but but absolutely the official position is never at the early stages it's always after a number of revisions and key players yani, get involved Last one. Um, Sheikh mentioned it is an ijma that the intention is required for wudu except the Hanafi madhab. I thought ijma means all with no exception. If there's an ex- exception to the Hanafi meaning, it's not ijma, no? Question. So, ijma'a means consensus of all the scholars. Why I said, she misheard me or he misheard me, I said it is an ijma'a, a consensus of the scholars, that one does not need an intention. For the, uh, for the physical cleaning of the body from dirt, from najas, or the clothes or the area. As for the need to have an intention for wudu, or to lift the state of ritual impurity, then this is a position of the majority of the scholars, uh, meaning the three imams, and not Abu Hanifa, because I said that he doesn't consider it to be an independent act of worship. If I had a slip of the tongue, then that's what I meant. Okay, Zakumullah Khair. Barakallah See you guys next week. Subhanakallah. Alhamdulillah. 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 Alhamdulillah.